are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right. Welcome to the Locked On Bears podcast, where our listeners get the best daily lockdown coverage of their favorite team, the Chicago Bears. I'm your host, Arthur Arkish, senior editor at Pro Football Weekly and NFC North reporter for USA Today Sports Weekly. If you haven't done so already, and I hope you have by now, please subscribe to the Locked On Bears podcast over at iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating, some comments, likes, shares. All of those forms of interaction help this podcast gain traction. So too do our wonderful partners, including FanRag Sports, today's Fast Break, and today's Pigskin.com, and our newest partner, DraftBreakdown.com. After you have checked out all my work at PFW and in USA Today Sports Weekly, and once again, once you've been to both iTunes and Audio Boom to make sure you are downloaded and subscribing to this show, check out the partner sites. I think you'll be pleased with what is over there. That's right. Welcome to the Locked On Bears podcast, the Tuesday, October 25th edition. I hope you are all doing well. I don't know about you, but I woke up this morning... Not only with butterflies, but singing the old Neil Young song, Tonight's the Night. Uh, Boy, we've been waiting for this, uh, well, for 71 years. Yes, I'm only 34, but uh, my dad is 64 and has never seen what we're getting ready to see tonight. And uh, just super excited. Um, I do want to spend a minute talking about Kyle Schwarber, which I only talked about briefly yesterday. And I've since had a kind of seeing the light moments, thanks to my wife, actually, of all people, uh, who typically just humors me on this stuff, but actually had something I thought really sharp to say relative to Kyle Schwarber and the Cubs' decision to not only put him on the World Series roster, but plug him into the DH hole at the number five spot uh, starting this evening. So anyway, I'll talk about Schwarber in the end, but just want to get some Bears discussion out of the way. I know that's what you guys all came for, so... uh, First of all, there was a bunch of news yesterday that I actually missed that came through right after I taped the podcast. So uh, let's just get you up to speed on some administrative stuff. Uh, The official diagnosis for Kyle Long is a strained triceps. Um, We don't really know much more at that point, uh, at this point, excuse me, but that's what Kyle Long uh, is allegedly dealing with. Um, Other news, a bunch of roster transactions that took place right after we finished yesterday. Brian Hoyer to injured reserve, no big surprise there. Joyke Bell cut, no real surprise there. Cornelius Edison promoted from the practice squad to take Brian Hoyer's place. Um, uh, a guy was signed to the practice squad whose name is escaping me right now, Uzdavin. I, I can't tell you anything about him because I don't know anything about him. Uh, Daniel Brown, a tight end, was claimed off waivers from the Ravens. I don't know much about Brown, but we'll see what we can find out. Uh, about him at a position of need. Uh, David Cobb signed to the practice squad, former fifth-round pick out of Minnesota, uh, drafted by the Titans. Actually, a running back I I liked a lot coming out. Uh, Liked him at the Senior Bowl, uh, but I do think it's kind of telling that the Titans' new regime spent the offseason trying to upgrade the running back position, going to great lengths to trade for DeMarco Murray and spend a second-rounder on Derrick Henry. 
Uh, clearly, they had made up their mind about David Cobb, but I still do think he's an interesting guy, a powerful back, at least in his Minnesota days. He was a powerful back with some uh, receiving ability, so we'll see if he's able to crack his way onto the roster eventually. Uh, and the last bit of news was the release of Jacoby Glenn. That was to make way for Demontre Hurst, who was activated from the practice squad. Demonte Hurst trying to set a record for the most times going back and forth between the practice squad and the active roster. But uh, obviously a guy the Bears still do like. They appreciate his versatility. And uh, Jacoby Glenn, it was uh, a pretty quick fall. I, I really did think there were some encouraging signs from Glenn in the first couple weeks of the season. But boy, it just went downhill fast. Uh, he's a guy I would expect to see the Bears try and sign back to the practice squad. I don't think they're giving up on him altogether. Uh, but you could tell that... Um, Vic Fangio didn't have a lot of confidence in, in him and uh, hasn't helped his cause at all over the past several weeks. So uh, now you are up to speed on a, a lot of the roster moves that I missed both yesterday and today. Um, unfortunately, I am out. I shouldn't say unfortunately. It's my Tuesday gig. I'm in Crystal Lake editing our weekly insert for the Northwest Herald and uh, Kane County Chronicle, Chicago Sun-Times. Hopefully you guys have seen it by now, Daily Herald. Uh, out here editing, so I was not able to be at Hallis Hall today, but as you guys know, I always have spies on the scene, uh, so I do have a, a practice report since on this funky week there isn't an official one, and uh, I also have all the transcripts we heard from John Fox today, uh, heard from Jay Cutler today as well, uh, and I got to tell you, I wasn't there, but boy do I appreciate Jay Cutler's candor, candor excuse me, uh, after hearing John Fox, and I think I described it as Fox trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube yesterday, uh, just totally ridiculous. Uh, today he said that Jay Cutler knew the plan all along, although he told us last week that there was no specific plan. So, uh, boy, John Fox good at putting his uh, feet in his mouth um, and just not making a lot of sense or not really caring to try with us. But uh, that's what made Jay Cutler's candor so refreshing today, in my opinion. Uh, just a couple quick quotes from Cutler. Uh, he was asked about the level of support he's received from Fox in light of, obviously, the tepid endorsements uh, over the past several weeks. Cutler said, he doesn't have a choice, a choice, I guess, at this point. <laughs> Brian's out, so I've got to go. I've had good conversations with Foxy. There's no strain in our relationship, both very open and honest on the same page. Uh, I love that line. He doesn't have a choice, I guess. Uh, the maturation of Cutler has been a lot of fun. I don't know what the future holds from him beyond this season. We talked about it a little bit yesterday in the Twitter mailbag. Um, I speculated it still is likely he's done here after this season, but I do have to credit him for just his improvements, uh, dealing with the media, being a little bit more um, accessible, likable, not as uh, having ruffled feathers all the time. I, I appreciate that. It's been fun to watch him grow up as a person. Uh, a couple more interesting quotes I thought from Cutler. He was asked, you know, what he made of the tepid endorsements um, from Fox. I didn't really get into it. I didn't want to. It didn't concern me. I wasn't ready to play. My thumb wasn't healed. Docs weren't letting me go. Training staff wasn't going to let it happen. It didn't really bother me at that point. And then on the way out, Cutler was asked about his future in Chicago beyond this season. Again, no guaranteed money left on the contract. Cutler said, whatever happens at the end of the year, it's supposed to happen and will go accordingly. But right now, it's not something that I worry about. It's my 11th year, my 8th year. I've seen a lot of ups and downs, and it's how it goes. At the end of the year, we can have those conversations. Whatever happens, happens. Um, I just, again, I, I really do appreciate Cutler 
uh, telling it like it is because we need someone to do that around Hallis Hall, and um, it's nice to have it coming from the quarterback who is now back in the fold and is going to try and get this offense on track. Okay, no official practice report from Hallis Hall Tuesday, but uh, our spies, and I'll even uh, let the cat out of the bag. It's my, my, uh, my partner in crime, Kevin Fishbane, uh, doing all the heavy lifting at Hallis of late. So he uh, did report to me that the players not spotted during the open portion of practice include Kyle Long, Josh Sitton, Eddie Royal, Eddie Goldman, Danny Trevathan, Tracy Porter, Bryce Callahan. Uh, Trevathan and Porter, I expect to be kind of just veteran days as they're on the mend from various bumps and bruises uh, and no other real surprises on this list. Um, before we get into some other stuff, I promised you some quarterback uh, conversation, some of the upcoming prospects. Um, I, I promised you a little bit more Schwarber talk and a few other things that we'll get to in a minute, but let me spend just a minute first telling you about our great sponsor. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the football games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year, and with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, instantly find seats for this weekend or any game this season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket, because SeatGeek price compares to you for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee. So you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, go to the Settings tab, and click Add a Promo Code. Enter the promo code LOBEARS. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code LOBEARS today. All right, I just happened to actually be on SeatGeek last night. Um... I don't remember if I told you guys this on the podcast already, but I am beyond lucky and uh, actually have a, a ticket to Game 3 Friday night to go with my dad. Um, a, a lifelong dream, and um, again, I just can't tell you how fortunate I feel and what an unbelievable experience that is going to be. Um, however, we had heard on the radio that there are some insane prices on the seats we have right now. And just for shits and giggles, I think I can say that on the podcast, I wanted to see what they were going for. Uh, so I did. I was on SeatGeek last night, long story short. It is a great site. I've used it before. And uh, I'd encourage you to do so with my promo code LOBEARS today. All right. Uh, I told you guys yesterday, let me just quickly clarify one thing. When I was answering your Twitter questions, I think I, and it's just semantics, but I think I had said at one point that Ryan Pace has not yet had an opportunity to draft a quarterback. Um, obviously, that's not what I should have said. He's now had two opportunities to draft a quarterback, and he has uh, bypassed those chances each time. Uh, what, he's had 13 picks or, or something like that and, and hasn't spent one on a quarterback. So that's on Pace and um, and Fox and everyone else that goes into that process. So I just wanted to be clear in case it came off like I was making excuses or anything like that. 
uh, I would say more than anything, that not forcing a pick on a quarterback is most important. Uh, but at this point, I don't think Pace can afford to go a third draft without uh, selecting one. So uh, I do continue to think that's in the cards. And um, because in light of that conversation yesterday and me also telling you I was going to try and fill you in on some of the quarterback prospects, I thought we would just take a minute and do that. Uh, our great draft writer, Greg Gabriel, the author of our draft magazine, he's on uh, podcast, radio, TV. He does the whole nine yards with us, uh, a former college scouting director with the Bears, actually, uh, for like 15 years, I think. He has over 20-plus years of scouting experience. So anyway, he's written a couple of great columns recently, and I just wanted to fill you guys in on a handful of names that you can watch during the second half of the college football season, especially um, you know, kind of within the context that your Bears are very likely to be searching for a quarterback. Uh, the one, kind of the hot name right now, actually, and the guy that Gabriel most recently scouted uh, is is this guy from North Carolina, Trebinsky. Hope I'm saying that right. I think it's Mitch Trebinsky. And uh, I'm just kind of relaying what Gabriel said uh, about him. Uh, a potential top 15 pick at this point. He's only a one-year starter, which kind of Greg doesn't prefer as a one-year starter that's thinking about leaving early. Uh, but Trubinsky has plus size, athleticism, and arm talent. Yes, he works in a spread offense, but there's a lot to like. Makes all the throws with accuracy, ball placement, and good mechanics. So I can tell you that Mitch Trubinsky is a guy that is catching NFL evaluators' eyes right now and seems to be kind of moving up these, uh, at least draft, not the draft boards are set, but uh, is kind of starting to generate a lot of buzz. Um, a couple other names, and certainly we've talked about a few of them on the podcast. Deshaun Kaiser, everyone knows from Notre Dame, a big, strong kid, a redshirt sophomore, plays in a pro-style offense and, and has really everything you're looking for in terms of tools. Uh, the question is, will he leave school? He's only a redshirt sophomore. Uh, the other one, Deshaun Watson, of course, um, he's regressed a little bit this year. I think the uh, excitement has kind of waned a little bit. I think there are some concerns about his size. He's not going to measure as tall as he is listed. Um, but there, he has obviously that eye-opening playmaking ability uh, that scouts are going to be salivating over. And although he hasn't played as well this year as he did last season during Clemson's breakout uh, campaign, certainly Watson is still a guy that people will be very focused on. Uh, the third one from kind of the big three is Chad Kelly. He's the nephew of Jim Kelly uh, at Ole Miss. Um, doesn't have the height of a Kaiser. Might have some off-field questions. I believe he was recently in an altercation in a bar. Uh, but just an explosive talent, again, with all the tools. You'll hear that a lot. Um, all the tools that NFL scouts are going to be looking for. Uh, Brad Kaya out of Miami. More limited athletically, but all you see the guy do is make plays. Uh, another guy that Gabriel likes that has caught his eye. Uh, Kaya maybe gets a little bit more of the game manager role, but again, he's making big plays and uh, seems to have an understanding of what to do with the football. Two other names to keep in mind as the second half of the college football season progresses. Central Michigan's Cooper Rush. Greg says he is highly thought of in pro style, uh, excuse me, highly thought of in pro circles. He's a four-year starter with quick feet and a live arm. So keep an eye on Central Michigan's Cooper Rush. And the last one to round out this list is C.J. Beathard of Iowa. If that name sounds familiar, yes, he is the grandson of, of former great coach Bobby Beathard. 
And uh, CJ is only a two-year starter, but is very productive. And uh, anytime you see guys from Iowa, you get excited about the background, of course, in the NFL offense. And uh, Beathard is said to have big playability, and he is a guy uh, that scouts are warming up to as well of late. So a few names to consider. Uh, Certainly we will continue to add to this list, and I'll try and update you. Uh, Just to be totally honest, I I can only really dedicate one of my days each weekend to football. Uh, Otherwise, I'd probably be divorced. So my college football viewing is pretty limited, uh, but I'll continue to pick Greg's brain, and certainly I'm going to try and pick my spots to watch uh, to watch the big games over the final couple months of the season. So um, that is kind of what I have for you relative to football and the Bears on the Locked On Bears podcast for Tuesday. Uh, but I did want to finish where we started with a little bit of Kyle Schwarber discussion. Uh, I think I just said literally one or two sentences yesterday, the Kyle Schwarber craziness, I think is the way I put it. Um, I, I was definitely taken aback when I heard that Schwarber was being sent out on assignments Um, just what, six months from that devastating knee injury. I think he only played three or four games in April, Uh, obviously missed the whole season. And I just, first reaction was, well, why? I mean, this team's rolling. Um, You know, most of the people have contributed on the playoff roster. Um, Why would you mess with the good thing? Why would Schwarber be back? I told my wife about it last night. My wife, Josie, who's not a big baseball fan, but does her best to humor me and knows uh, how absolutely bananas I've been going over the past, really all season, but obviously specifically over the past uh, several weeks as this playoff craziness has reached a fever pitch. And uh, I told Josie that the Cubs were thinking about putting Schwarber on the World Series roster. And what did she think about that? I said, you know, I'm a little surprised. I told her why I had reservations. And immediately Josie looked at me and she said, well, I'm not surprised at all. It seems like a total Joe Madden move. And I just thought that that was so cool of her to to say, A, because she doesn't really watch Cubs a lot, but B, because we do go over this stuff and she knows and likes Joe Madden. And it just makes sense now on a lot of different levels to me. A, Joe Madden is as much of a DGAF type manager relative to uh, what the normal conventional things to do would be. Uh, He doesn't care. He's always thinking outside the box. And uh, I guess kind of in that regard, it it makes a lot of sense that he would consider doing this. Um, The other part of it that Josie mentioned, and I really kind of totally agree with in hindsight, is, you know, I think that the reason that Madden has the intimate trust of his players um, is for moves like this. It's, it's entrusting them, not only the guys that uh, have been around all year, but I just think sending the message to Schwarber that he trusts him and that he values his contributions specifically last year in the postseason when obviously he became a, uh, an overnight sensation and had five home runs and uh, was just huge during the Cubs playoff push last year. Um, but I just think it's cool and, and again, as Jesse pointed out, how Madden would reward someone and kind of – it just relays that he can trust Schwarber even though he hasn't been around. I don't know. I'm not articulating it as well now as Josie did last night. But um, I, I don't know. I, I've warmed up to the idea. And then, again, you're reminded of the fact he did have five dongs in the playoffs last year. Uh, obviously, the Cubs will have a need for a DH uh, these next couple nights. Schwarber's been cleared, I believe, medically to swing the bat and run the bases, but not even play the field anyway. Um, so I just, you know, maybe you're looking for one more uh, source 
of pop, of power, another live bat. And uh, obviously Joe Madden, a lot smarter baseball man than me, Theo Epstein, this all goes without saying. Uh, if they have confidence, if they have trust in, in Schwarber's ability to contribute, hey, I'm not going to start doubting them now. So uh, pretty cool stuff. Again, it has been confirmed. Schwarber is going to be the DH tonight. He's going to hit in the five hole. And uh, we'll see if this is kind of the latest uh, rabbit out of the hat act that Joe Madden is pulling. Um, I absolutely cannot wait to find out. Uh, that's going to do it for the Locked On Bears podcast on Tuesday. I've got a couple more edits here, and then I'm going to race home and get situated for this game. Uh, I hope you guys are ready. I'm so amped up, and I hope you are too. We will break it all down tomorrow. I believe we're bringing Corey Wooten on the podcast tomorrow, so I won't put him on the spot and ask him his baseball thoughts again, but uh, I promise you I will at least have a minute or two of reaction uh, to what we see tonight. And, look, if you're not enjoying some of the Cubs discussion, then I do apologize, but we have about ten and a half months out of every year where we can just talk football and uh, whatever, music and family and, and anything you guys want. Um, but this is taking precedence right now, so I hope you can you can appreciate that. Uh, One more reminder, if you haven't done so already, please head to iTunes and subscribe to the Locked On Bears podcast. We certainly appreciate uh, your loyalty to the show and also your comments, your likes, your interactions. Uh, They all help this this thing to continue to take off. Uh, Lastly, Locked On NFL with Matt Williamson, Locked On Fantasy with Vinny Iyer, and for the NBA enthusiasts, Locked On Bulls with... Cody Westerlin and Sean Hyken. One more thank you to our great sponsor, SeatGeek. Um, one more uh, vote of confidence and excitement for the NL Central champion Chicago Cubs as they begin their World Series push. And more than anything, one more thank you to you for being with us today on the Locked On Bears podcast. I can't wait to be with back with you on the Wednesday edition. Have a great night.